This is the best time of the year. Anybody agree? Best time of the year. Uh, I think you can debate the best sports teams. You can debate the best athletes. You can debate the best movies. But you cannot debate the best holiday. I mean, it is Christmas without a shadow of a doubt. I was thinking about this week how Christmas just brings people together. Uh, Whether you're religious or not, Christmas is a unifier. Uh, I was thinking about how you could love pop music, you could love rock music, you could love rap music, but for one month out of the year, you're going to put a little bit of that music aside for some Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Come on, somebody. Uh, this week, I was at the Green Hills Mall doing some, some last-minute Christmas shopping, and there was a guy uh, at the Macy's who he had on a tank top. This dude was, I mean, big muscles, tattoos all over one side of his body, and he is belting at the top of his lungs. All I want for Christmas is you. I mean, he is going for it in Macy's, and I was just like, that is what I'm talking about. I love Christmas. Uh, maybe for you, it's the presents. You know, uh, I, I know with little kids, Christmas presents are particularly magical. We have a, a two-year-old who is kind of stepping into that season where he knows that he's getting presents tomorrow. He knows that Santa Claus says, ho, ho, ho. And so uh, it's very magical for him right now. As you get older, some of the magic starts to wear off a little bit. You kind of pick out your own presence. You know what's going under the tree. Uh, at least for us, something that we noticed with presents is that it gets magical again when you first get married because it's like, oh, this is amazing. You know, my spouse is buying me presents uh, until you think about it. And then you're like, I think I'm buying me presents. <laughs> you know, is this really magical like I thought it was? For others of us in the room, it's the lights, right? It's the Christmas lights. Um, You know, your your house, it looks like a good HOA-paying citizen for the first 11 months out of the year. But as soon as the calendar hits December 1, uh, you become Clark Griswold reincarnated. And there are lights and snow globes and fake reindeer all over your lawn. Uh, I love Christmas. I I love all the traditions. In fact, um, right after service today, we'll go home, we'll put our kids down for a nap. I might take a nap. And then we'll wake up and we're going to start making traditions of our own. Uh, We're going to do gingerbread houses and we're going to watch the movie Elf tonight uh, in matching Christmas pajamas. And it's going to be amazing. Um, But if there's not something deeper than the Christmas traditions, if there's not something more than all the hoopla, then it kind of is a little weird if you think about it. It's kind of weird to buy a fake Christmas tree, drag it in your house, put lights on it. It's kind of weird to willingly risk your life and get on the second floor of your house to put Christmas lights around the edge. It's, it's kind of weird to box out people in Target for the last PlayStation 5. Uh, it, it's kind of weird to put reindeer and Santa Claus in your front yard. Um, and again, I'm not hating on the traditions. Like, trust me, uh, my natural habitat is matching Christmas jammies, okay? It's my natural habitat. I love it. But it's, it's just kind of weird if there's not something deeper. And here at Way Church, uh, we believe there is something deeper going on at Christmas time. We believe that there is something more meaningful than even all the fun traditions and the family time and the things that we're experiencing. We actually believe that this time of year, we are celebrating something huge. We're celebrating the miracle of God becoming man. 
We're celebrating the miracle where God would send his only son through a virgin birth in a little rural town called Bethlehem. This historical and biblical story that so impacted history to the point that we now, no matter if you follow Jesus or you don't follow Jesus, we now organize the years on the calendar based off of this event. That, that we now structure every single history event from now until forever based off of the birth of Jesus Christ. But it's not just something that happened in the past, but we actually believe here at Way Church that this event is something that affects the rest of our lives. It's something that affects today and tomorrow and the next day, and that we all have an opportunity today for Christmas to be more than a tradition. For Christmas to be more than movies, more than presents, more than trees, more than candy canes, that there actually can be something that happens today that impacts our life in a really, really special way. But there's an if attached to that statement. If three things happen in your life. And it's the same three things that had to happen in the story of Luke chapter 2 that Maddie just read to us. The first thing that has to happen is you have to be in the right place. You have to be in the right place. How many of you have ever had something happen in a place and it changed every single thing about that place for you? Anybody? Uh, the place that, that I see this most clearly in my life is the place where uh, I kissed Maddie for the first time, okay? I'm, I'm in my fields this morning. I'm going to share the story with you very briefly, okay? So Maddie and I, we've been dating long distance for a couple of weeks, and um, I decided, hey, I'm going to take her to this nice Italian restaurant. And uh, I'd heard of this place not far from this Italian restaurant where there was a statue in this little park in Birmingham, Alabama. And I thought, man, I'm going to drive her to this statue. It's supposed to have this nice view of the city of Birmingham. I'm going to drive her there. And uh, we're, you know, I I'm going to kiss her because I want to kiss her and, and I love her. And, and I think I'm going to marry this girl. And so I had this all mapped out. And so I'd never been to the statue, never been to the place before. So uh, it, it was kind of winging it, you know. And so I drive there, and um, I pull up in the parking lot, pull up where the grassy area is that I'd heard about was the place to go, and we walk up to that area, and uh, this was our view uh, right here. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. And so right there was where I kissed Maddie for the first time. It just, I was already committed. I, it just happened. Um, but tomorrow we'll drive, tomorrow afternoon we'll drive to Birmingham, Alabama, and, and on our way to uh, Maddie's parents' house, we always pass that statue from the highway. It's a completely different view from the highway. Um, and when we drive by that statue, I always get flooded with memories of, of our first kiss and some of our first dates and some of our first memories. And, and like, I'll never look at this statue the same way because something special happened at that place. I think a lot of times what happens in our life is very normal places, special things happen, and then it affects the way we look at that place for the rest of our life. I think about in Luke chapter 2, those shepherds never went back to that field the same way again. They never stood in that field without thinking about the moment when the angel came and told them about the birth of Jesus. I think about the wise men. Man, the wise men never looked at the sky in the same way again after they followed that star for two years across the world to find baby Jesus. I think about Mary and Joseph. They never looked at that little town of Bethlehem again. I think about the innkeeper 
The innkeeper never looked at the shed in his backyard the same way again. Because when something special happens, normal places become special places. One of the things that I've witnessed in my life as a follower of Jesus is that normal places become holy ground when God visits. I think about this venue right here. You know, we, we've been a church for three and a half months. And in three and a half months, we've seen 109 people give their life to Jesus in this room right here. But what's special, yeah, that's special. That's amazing. But what's special is not this room. What's special is that God meets us here. We're really grateful for this room. We're really grateful for this venue. We, we lease it out every single week from an amazing church called Legacy Church. And we're so grateful for Legacy Church and we're so grateful for this space. But more than any of those things, what we're grateful for is the presence of God that meets us here. When God shows up in a place, a normal place becomes a holy place. Your living room could become a holy place if God met you there. Where you drink your coffee every Monday morning could become a holy place if God met you there. Your commute to work on Tuesdays could become a holy place if God met you there. A special place becomes special because of what happens there. What was special about the story of Jesus being born in Bethlehem is that it was at the right place, a little town showing the humility of Jesus. A, a humble beginning in a shed, in a cave of some sort, being placed in a manger. The manger wasn't special. It was special because God was placed inside of it. This morning, you're in the right place because God wants to be placed inside of you. You're in the right place this morning for Christmas to matter because of what God's word says. This is a few scriptures on the right place. Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Psalms 145, 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. This morning, we're in the right place because God is in this place and he wants to meet with us. The second thing that has to happen is you have to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, the, the right timing makes a big, big impact. One of the things that frustrates me um, a lot it, that probably shouldn't is when I get tagged in Instagram giveaways. Have you ever been tagged in a social media giveaway? I think it frustrates me for two reasons. The first reason is because when I see that notification pop up that someone mentioned me in a comment, I get excited. I'm like, someone wants to interact with me. I'm like, someone wants to, to comment on something I said. Oh, I hope, I hope that they say something nice. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Then I click on it, and it's not that they wanted to interact with me. It's that they wanted a Keurig. They tagged me in a giveaway on social media. I think that's the first thing that frustrates me about it. I think the second thing that frustrates me about social media giveaways is I've never won one. I think that's the bigger one. I've never won one. But I'm married to someone who I think has won about six of them. Uh, Maddie has the best luck with Instagram giveaways. Our, our first month uh, when we moved to Nashville last fall, there was this big package that shows up to our house and there was a brand new entertainment center and a brand new end table. And I was like, Miss Heron, this was not in the budget. And she said, babe, I know you're right, but it was in the Instagram giveaway that I won. <laughs> and I was like, my girl, you know? <laughs> but Maddie, she just has this knack for being in the right place 
at the right time. You got to be in the right place at the right time. I think about the shepherds who they were in the right place at the right time to be able to be a part of the birth story of Jesus. I think about Caesar Augustus, this, this man who did not follow God, this man who by most historical accounts was a very evil man, and yet God was able to get him to issue a decree where there would have to be a census taking place, which would set into motion Mary and Joseph going to the town of Bethlehem to get them to the right place. Sometimes God will use the wrong circumstances, the wrong motives to still get people to the right place. Today, all over the country, all over the world, there will be people who have done Christmas before. Maybe you're one of the people who has done Christmas before. What I mean by that is every Christmas Eve, maybe, maybe you come to Christmas Eve service, not particularly because you want to or because you really care about what happens here, but maybe just because you want to make your spouse happy or maybe because you want to make your grandma happy or maybe because you want to make your wife happy because if she's happy, you're happy. And so you just come and, and you know what to expect. There's going to be some sort of talk. There's going to be some music. There's probably going to be candles and everybody prays that the church doesn't burn down. And then you just go on with your regular scheduled program and, and you get to what you're really looking forward to, which is maybe the food or the presents or whatever, because, because you've, you've been in this place before. But I want to suggest that maybe today could be different, that God got you to the right place, maybe with the wrong intentions, because he has a good intention for your life, because he wanted you to be in this place today so that Christmas could be so much more than what it's meant in the past in your life. You are in the right place because of the person who wants to meet you here today. You're in the right place. Here's what scripture says about the place. Proverbs 16, 9, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Jeremiah 29, 11, verse, uh, and verse 12, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You're in the right place at the right time. Why is the time right now? I don't mean to um, be that preacher who... Uh, who brings up the end of our lives. But I have to do it because the reality is the right time is today because we don't know if there'll be another time. The book of Proverbs, which is widely regarded as the wisest literature, uh, not just to Christians, but to people around the world, people who don't even follow Jesus will read the book of Proverbs. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, there's a scripture that says that the wise number their days. Why do the wise number their days? So that they can make the days matter so they can make the days count. This morning, you're here in the right place at the right time because we might not have more time. Today, Christmas could matter to you because God wants it to matter to you. The third thing that has to happen, though, is you have to receive the right gift. You have to receive the right gift. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a room before where someone received the wrong gift before. Uh, and I'm not even talking about, like, mixing up the wrapping 
uh, paper and giving, you know, your mom, your dad's gift or something like that. I'm talking about like when someone has given someone something that they did not want, something that was not on their list, something that will never be on their list. Uh, This is particularly problematic if you're like me and have a hard time hiding your facial expressions. Okay, this happened to me a couple years ago. A family member, I'm not going to name them uh, because they'll probably watch this at some point, but a family member, um, they bought me a lantern for Christmas. Now, maybe you're here and you're like, that sounds like a great gift. Well, you don't know me, okay? Uh, I'm not an outdoorsman, all right? I don't hunt. I hunt for deals at the mall. Uh, you know, I, I don't camp. Uh, I stay where there's heating and air conditioning uh, pretty much 365 days a year. Um, and so this lantern was not particularly my favorite gift. And it wasn't just that they bought me like a cheap lantern. I mean, they went all out on this lantern. They spent their whole budget on this lantern. I mean, this was like a chef's kiss lantern of lanterns that they gave me. And I couldn't help it. My wife was there. She saw, she could prove this. My face was not happy. I'm like saying, thank you so much. But I looked like I was in physical pain because I just can't hide it. When you get the wrong gift, it's not great. But when you get the right gift, come on, somebody. When somebody gives you that gift that you weren't even, you didn't even ask. That's the type of gift I'm talking about. Like you didn't even ask for the gift because you thought that gift is so great. There's no way I'll get that gift. When you get that gift, I mean, you're chest bumping, you're granny, you're chest bumping, you're, ch- you're so excited because the right gift matters. The right gift matters. Here's what I want to tell you. Um, I know for a fact that tomorrow I'm going to get some good gifts because my wife is a great gift picker outer. I'm going to get some great gifts. But every single great gift that I get tomorrow at some point is going to wind up in a landfill. At some point, it's going to wind up in a landfill. Every great gift that you get tomorrow or tonight, if you're Christmas Eve people, we're Christmas Day people. It's going to wind up in a landfill. Even the money in your bank account one day, it's going to wind up in a landfill. Maybe you're here and you got a lot of money in the bank account. At some point, either your kid or your grandkid or your great-grandkid is going to be dumb, and they're going to spend your money when you're not here, and it's still going to wind up in a landfill. Those are not the right gifts at Christmas. The right gift is the gift of Jesus Christ. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave, he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. Jesus Christ was not just a person, was not just God, he was a gift, a gift, a gift that was so great that the the, um, apostle Paul wrote this. He said, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift, referring to Jesus. The best way I know how to describe the unspeakable gift is to tell you another quick story. Um, When I first got into ministry, I was 21 years old, and I got hired at this this big church in Cleveland, Tennessee, and and my pastor uh, was a man named Pastor Mark. And when I first got hired, he said, hey, I think one of the most important things that you could do the first year that you're in ministry is you could visit the hospitals with me every Monday morning. And so every Monday morning for my first year, I went to the hospital with Pastor Mark. And uh, we would pray with sick people. We, we prayed with dying people. I mean, it was really, really impactful on my life. And I remember over the course of that first year, we probably visited hundreds of people and had hundreds of conversations 
but um, there were about a dozen or so conversations that have stuck with me. And they all sounded something like this. We'd walk into a room and we'd get to talking to someone who was really sick. And at some point in the conversation, they would get afraid. And you could see just emotion well up in their eyes. And they would say something like, Pastor, I'm, I'm afraid. And my pastor would go, what are you afraid of? And they would always say something like this. I, I feel like I haven't done enough. I, I feel like that I, I, haven't, I haven't done my best. And my pastor, he would just smile. And he would say, no, you know you haven't done your best. But God did when he sent Jesus. Jesus was God's best. And those conversations always come back up in my heart this time of year because I'm reminded that the free gift of Jesus is where I get to exchange my performance for his performance. When I'm laying awake at night and I'm thinking about all the dumb things I did that day, the, the way that I spoke to my wife rudely, the, the, the way that the, the old me has reared up inside in a conversation or an action, the sin, the struggle, the failure, I'm reminded that what Christmas is all about is I got to receive the free gift of Jesus a relationship with him, but not just a relationship. I actually got to receive his righteousness and exchange my sinfulness. That when God looks down on me today, he no longer sees failure or sinner. He sees son. That when God looks down on you, he no longer sees your mistakes, your regrets. He actually looks at you and says, daughter. This is how and why Christmas means so much more than traditions to so many of us. Last story, and then I'll stop. I just thought of this. I, I, went, on a, I went on a bachelor trip uh, a couple years ago, and, and uh, it was me, about 10 guys, and it was really cool because about half of us uh, were followers of Jesus and the other half weren't. And one night on the bachelor trip, we stayed up late in the Smoky Mountains, and we're all staying up, and we're having this conversation about all, all sorts of different things about life. And it was really awesome because somehow the conversation kind of naturally went towards Jesus. Uh, we've all been a part of those conversations maybe where, where they didn't naturally go towards Jesus, and then it gets a little weird. It's like you were talking about sports, and, uh, you know, is it LeBron James or Michael Jordan? And, and then the guy's like, actually, it's Jesus Christ. And it's like, what? You know, it wasn't one of those. It wasn't one of those. It was, it was like, it was like, it just kind of naturally went towards Jesus. And so I started talking and a couple of the other guys who followed Jesus started talking. Well, the next day we go to breakfast and we're walking towards this breakfast spot. I'm standing next, walking next to a guy. And he says, you know what? I don't like you very much. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm used to that. He's like, yeah, I didn't like what you said last night about sinners. And I want you to know that I'm not one. And I was like, wow, man, I am so glad I'm getting to meet you because there's only one other person I've ever met who claimed that. And he walked right into my pastor trap. He was like, well, who was that? I was like, his name's Jesus Christ. And we started talking and started explaining to him that what the Bible says, that if we don't repent of our sins and put our belief in Jesus that we actually have to figure out a way to pay for our sin on our own. Which is impossible. 
Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags before the Lord, meaning that there's no way that we can be good enough or righteous enough. Um, if you're here and you're breathing, you've already messed it up. You have to live a holy life in order to be in relationship with the holy God. And so I'm explaining this to this guy and we start talking and he starts, we start going back and forth. And I could tell that he was interested. And so he finally gets to the end of the conversation. He says, will you just tell me what you have to do to receive eternal life. And I just said, this is not what I think you have to do. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says that anyone who looks to the son and believes in him will have eternal life. The way for Christmas to matter in your life and in my life is for you to be in the right place at the right time and receive the right gift of Jesus. Many of us in this room, we can look back on the time that we were in the right place, place that we probably didn't think was the right place, a normal place, regular place, at the right time, a time that didn't feel right, a time that felt like the time to watch Elf and eat Christmas cookies and do all the Christmas things, but it was the right time. And we received the right gift. And now, not just on Christmas, but every single day here on earth and in the next life, we get to be in relationship with God himself.